Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Monday, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly with you here. Indeed it is. Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour, and if you would like to be part of our program... 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. My friends, today is June 6th, and there are so many things in the news that we hopefully will have time to discuss today, if certainly not today, during the remainder of the shows that we have for this week. But I want to take a minute out before we get to the news of the day. Because June 6th is a day that should always be remembered as long as there is an America. On June 6th, 1944, the United States was a participant in a multi-nation engagement, the Allied Powers, we call ourselves, the Allies, against a force of evil that until that time the world had never witnessed, and that would be the Axis powers. Or, as many of us like to remember them, the Nazis. But it was more than just the Nazis. And as evil, and they were evil, as pure evil as the Nazis were, they had companions. Italy had been drawn into World War II with their cruel dictator, Benito Mussolini. The Japanese, of course, attacked us at Pearl Harbor. And the Japanese are an interesting lot in, in, in their doing World War II because normally Adolf Hitler, with his racist mentality, would not, given their racist mentality, accept the Japanese as an allied power. I mean, they were darker people than the Aryan nation of the Nazis. But these were some evil people. And when we launched Operation Overlord, which was planned under the leadership of Dwight D. Eisenhower, Republican, who would later become a Republican president, It was not assured that there would be victory. Now, James, come on, come on. That was 78 years ago. Yes, it was, my friends. It was 78 years ago today. But if you look at how quickly time has passed by for many of us in our own lives who were children, let's say, of the 60s when we were youth and today, Many children that were born in the 50s are now entering their 70th year. They were 8 years old, 9, 10, or younger when this D-Day conflict took place. It was within the lifetimes of many people in this audience. On that day and the days that followed... In this Operation Overlord, 9,000 Americans, over 9,000, gave their lives. 
but there were acts of bravery that defy logic. American soldiers trying to scale cliffs while at the same time they were trying to scale those cliffs, they were being hammered with machine gun fire from up above. And they didn't quit. They didn't turn around. They didn't say, this is too hard. They didn't ask for a safe place so that they could go and deal with their wounds even because they had been triggered by Nancy by, by Nazi firing. They watched many of them in horror as their comrades were being shot down by the hundreds as they first approached the beaches of Normandy into the four areas that were designated for the United States forces to land. These people had a bravery. These people had a, a, a love for country, a love for duty, a respect for duty that has long since vanished in many parts of this world. Without these Americans, without these Canadians, without these Brits, without these Frenchmen, without people from India, from various nations in Africa, from Asia. And yes, they were because we were Americans, and there were Americans of every walk of life then supporting the effort, whether they were on the ground or not. They were Americans from all walks of life engaged in defeating this evil. And yet, when many of these men came home, they never talked about it. When many of these women came home, they never talked about what they had seen in these awful theaters of war. Instead, they raised their families, they got on with life, and they helped work in their own communities to make their own communities better. My friends, we are a one generation removed from a generation of heroes, true heroes. If it were not for their efforts, America would not be free today. Western civilization would have collapsed. And I hate to think of a world where the Nazi ideology would have taken over the entire world and been perceived as right, the, just the way it is. In Europe today, in Normandy, thousands of people do come out. Well, people do remember because they know what it was like to be invaded, to be oppressed. And they also remember in some cases what it was like to be liberated by many people, but especially the role that Americans played in that. And you can go and you can see if those of you that have visited over there, the crosses, the remembrances of so many Americans that gave their life for freedom. And that's what, when, when people call this show, or I hear them otherwise ragging this country and talking about people of this country as if we are the evil beings on this planet, it just roils me because the sacrifices that these Americans made should never be forgotten, and it should be taught. And if people really understood the true evil 
that had inflicted the world. They would honor these men and women and their service as long as there is United States of America. So I just wanted to take a few, before we get to the news of the day, to me to talk about what the real big story will always be on June 6th. No matter what else is going in the news, the real big story on June 6th forever, as long as they're America, should be D-Day. Moving on to other issues now. New Yorkers that are under the age of 21 will no longer be allowed to purchase semi-automatic rifles. Governor Kathy Hochul signed a law today that will prohibit New Yorkers under age 21 from buying semi-automatic weapons. And thankfully, now that this law has been signed, we know that every criminal in New York, every criminal under 18, under 21, every single criminal that is not of majority age realizes today that they can no longer buy weapons. That means, my friends, all of the members of the street gangs that terrorize New York citizens, if they're under 21 today, they will stop in their tracks and realize, oh my goodness, New York's governor signed a measure that says I can't buy a semi-automatic weapon. And so, today, they will never, from this day forward, until the time they are 21, they will not buy or attempt to buy an automatic weapon. And as a result of that, today, beginning today, since the Democrats and New York State have finally got what they wanted, which is tough gun control, today the crime wave is over. From this day forward, there will be no more crime with guns, especially with people under 21, because now it is against the law. It is against the law for people under 21 to purchase automatic rifles. So there will be no more. From now on, there will not be a single New Yorker with reason to feel threatened by gang members and criminals under 21 years old because they all understand that they no longer have the right to purchase semi-automatic weapons. And no doubt, many of those gang members who are under 21, who were carrying, are rushing right now to the nearest police station to turn in their weapons because they are illegal. And this should be a big comfort to every single New Yorker that thanks to Governor Kathy Hochul, Every single criminal under 21 years old today realizes they can no longer purchase the weapon of their choice. We should all be very grateful that we have a governor like Kathy Hochul 
who said she was taking bold, strong action, tightening the red flag laws. She's going to keep guns away from dangerous people. That is what your governor said today. Dangerous people will no longer have guns in New York because Governor Hochul has put her name, signed her name, on a few pieces of paper. And that takes care of that problem. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerly, it is Bo Snerly's Rush Hour. We are coming back right after this. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley Rush on Rush. 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snerdley. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley. Rush, Rush. Kev is always on point with the music. Tribute to Alex Such, John Such, Bon Jovi, one of the founding members of Bon Jovi, their bass player, passed away. WABC Talk Radio 77. Remember, Cats at Night comes up right after Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. During the week here, there is news this week, of course, you know, the January 6th committee is going to be televising in prime time their committee hearings. What they are saying is that they want to provide America with a comprehensive narrative of the violent attack on the nation's capital. They want to show just how dastardly this attack was when people stormed through Congress. By the way, the doors were opened for them. Many of you saw that. I was watching real time, and we saw at least some of the doors were opened for them. I don't know about all of them. But anyway, this is the week where Americans get to see what really happened on January 6th, that dastardly day. January 6th, a day which will live in infamy, if you're a Democrat. Um, and it is entirely fitting that AmericanWireNews.com has revealed to us the end game. All this time, many of us thought that the end game was just to disparage Republicans and hold their kangaroo court before the American people. And yeah, that's part of it. But here's the story in in American Wire News today, and now a piece of the puzzle makes sense. Headline. January 6th committee eyes abolishing electoral college to protect future presidential elections. So, really, this is what the January 6th people are aiming for. As Democrats prepare to take their bipartisan investigation into the events of January 6th prime time, Representative Jamie Raskin, Democrat Maryland, is pushing members of the House Select Committee to recommend abolishing the Electoral College in favor of a national popular vote to, quote-unquote, 
protect future presidential elections. It was first reported in Axios, the committee's legacy largely depends on what reforms it pursues after the hearings. And one of the one of these recommendations that they are being pushed to adopt by Democrats is to abolish the Electoral College. Now, isn't that just something? Who knew that at the end of this, we'd hear about a Democrat objective, a Democrat objective that has been in place since George Bush, 43, was elected with the popular vote, and that royal Democrats again, when Donald Trump was elected with the Electoral College, and I I meant to, to say about Bush that he was elected with the Electoral College as well. Democrats have been sick to their stomachs that our Constitution is a representative one, that we live in a representative republic where popularity doesn't say everything, where a representative form of government does, so that the the makeup of states under the Electoral College actually chooses the president, and that enables, by the way, Large states like California, like New York, like Tejas, like Florida, not to be determined because they are the biggest population centers. And it is a genius, it is a genius method of government. It does what the Democrats say they are in favor of, which is giving, quote-unquote, a minority an important voice. But since they, they don't represent most of the counties in this country, but they do represent these big city areas, Democrats want to abolish the Electoral College. They want just straight up by the numbers. And by the way, that also explains why Democrats, not Republicans, were talking about the impact that immigration has on presidential elections or could have if people here illegally suddenly were granted a pathway to citizenship and a pathway to the ballot box. Then Democrats think they will have a popular vote lock that will never be defeated. And so all of a sudden, here's what we get right before the January 6th committee goes public and tries to scare America half to death with selected video, selected videos and stories and narratives from January 6th. Remember, Nancy Pelosi has never revealed to the world what is in her archives as Speaker of the House, what plans she made to defend the Capitol. Their response, we never will see that information as long as the Democrats run the show because Nancy Pelosi can choose to ignore telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth in favor of this narrative that she 
the Democrats and two rhinos want to spend on America. So now we know the end game is what Democrats have wanted since Bush 43. Let's get rid of the Electoral College. Let's get rid of America as a representative republic. Let's transform America. Rush used to say all the time the Democrats' end goal was to make elections irrelevant. And there's no better way, Rush, wherever you are today up there, looking down on us from heaven, once again, it's a see, I told you so. Because this is absolutely what Democrats want. They want to make the American electoral process obsolete. They want to rig the game in their favor because they do not like losing elections. They do not like the so-called red states having a voice. They want to make sure that there's never a chance for another Donald Trump to be elected. And the best way that the, Dem- that the Democrats can go about this is to get rid of the Electoral College. And so now this is their excuse for this January 6th business. Oh, we have to protect the presidency from these awful, these awful Republicans who entered the Capitol with malice in their hearts. So let's get rid of the Electoral College. This is dastardly. But what else? would one expect from the Democrat Party? And while we're talking about Democrats, two New York attorneys, and somewhat related tangentially to the January 6th episode, two New York attorneys who were accused of firebombing police car, a police car, have been given a very, very, very generous plea deal. Colin Ford Mattis, Uj Rahim, accused of throwing a Molotov cocktail into a police vehicle in New York, were facing domestic terrorism charges. They could have spent 30 years in jail. This week, the Biden administration agreed to a massive reduction of the charges in a plea arrangement that will likely result only in a couple of years jail time for these two lawyers. What is particularly bizarre, and this was on jonathanturley.org, what is particularly bizarre is that the plea arrangement reduces an earlier plea deal. This plea deal now by the Justice Department is a breathtaking reduction in the charges and expected sentencing of the two lawyers. So once again, the Democrats give their own little domestic terrorist a little slap on the wrist. Oh, oh, no, you don't have to. You don't have to really spend time in jail. Look, we got to do something. We'll just put you in a few years in jail. Good behavior. Time served. You'll be out in no time. Lawyers who are committing acts of terrorism during riots, the same way they overlook 
all of the terrorism that Antifa has committed in multiple states in this union. But where are the January 6th people? In solitary confinement. They don't get bail. They don't have a generous plea deal. They're treated like the scourge of the earth because Democrats believe in justice for Democrats only. Everyone else can go straight to hell. James Golden, Bo Snerdley, Bo Snerdley's Rush Hour, WABC. Your call's coming up. We've got a lot more news to go through, too, so don't you dare go away. Rush. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley. Bo Snerdley. On 77 WABC. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdley. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snerdley. Well, one thing about me, I don't let politics get in the way of music. I don't. Otherwise, you'd never be hearing this. Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA on WABC. Talk Radio 77. By the way, from amnewyork.com, there's a bill that has been proposed that will allow New Yorkers to sue for loud helicopter noise. And that has passed the state legislature. The state legislature is allowing lawsuits if the governor signs this one. You don't like the sound of loud helicopters? Of course, there are a few exceptions. But now you can do what? What else? Take them to court. Gee, isn't that special? Let us head to the telephones. Christine, Middletown, Connecticut. Welcome. You're on Bo Snerdley's Rush Hour. How are you this afternoon? Good. How's it going, Mr. Snerdley? I just feel bad for all those who gave their lives at um, Normandy Beach and D-Day. They're probably turning it over in their graves at the America we have today. Because you have people like Governor Lamont in Connecticut who shows up to our pride parade wearing fingernail polish. And you have Senator Blumenthal, who had a big problem with me at our pride flag raising last Wednesday. And all I did was be nice and polite to him. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't think that the people in Normandy, if they had a chance, would regret one thing about America. You know, America has always had conflict. We have always had a tug of war with issues. But America is worth saving. There's so much good in this land. There's so much good from the American people. We've got people like you, Christine, which make America, America. And so, no, this nation is entirely worth it. We have always had liberals. We have always had this battle with progressives. Remember, for the first 200 years of our existence, we were battling the, Dame, the Democrat Party that kept people in chains, that kept people under legal ownership of other human beings. Those were the Democrats we've been fighting with them since the time of Thomas Jefferson. These, this is a party that has done the progressives under Woodrow Wilson. That's where Jim Crow was really instituted into, uh, into the federal government 
and this practice was allowed and and quickly spread into state governments. The Democrats have wreaked havoc on this country since they've been a political force. But there have always been good people who have stood opposed to them. And we all are what make up this incredible, I hate using the word because liberals have co-opted it, mosaic of America. But no, no, no. America is always going to be worth fighting for and always worth saving from the clutches of some of these people that you speak of, Christine. Thank you so much for the call. Let's go to New Jersey and Bill. Bill, welcome you on Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. How are you this afternoon? Okay, Bo, and I want to thank you very, very much for beginning the program to dedicating um, today and tomorrow as a reminder of what these men went through to land on Normandy Beach and to fight for the right um, to save America and the world from insanity. Um, There is no better song for me to understand this than the impossible dream. And the one who does it so fantastically is Johnny Mathis. If everybody would just listen to that and fly their flag today, they'd get a little better understanding, uh, just a little, of, of what the hell these guys did to march into hell for a heavenly cause. Um, my father landed on Normandy Beach. He was 26 years old, um, a very um, close wave to the first wave and just ran over dead soldiers and bodies and horror and chaos chaos beyond anyone's worst imagination. And he went through the Battle of the Bulge, and we won. They celebrated in France for weeks. They came back. They celebrated in London for weeks. He came back to America, and he pumped gas as a 20, I don't know, 27, whatever, But all these men, every single soldier, came back in shock. And I never realized that my father was in shock. I mean, it wasn't shown, but it was shown in in fear and in anger because they didn't know what the hell their condition was. There was no psychological understanding of it was go back to uh, America and work. The war is over. We won. We're all very thankful. And it was a great outcome. Um, but I remember my father with serious anger issues. Um, today, we take freedom for gratitude, um, granted rather, um, in, a, in a dictatorship. You can't own a car. You can't own a house. You can't own property. And um, as far as the Japanese were concerned, they thought all Americans were subhumans, no matter what the color of your skin was. And if they had one today, along with Germany, uh, I I I would gamble that they would still be chopping heads off, and that's nothing to laugh about. But we rebuild countries. We rebuilt Germany, Europe, Japan, and that is the goodness that comes out of this country to free a people that we were in war with and give them a chance to rebound and rebuild their own countries. So listen to The Impossible Dream by Johnny Mathis. And fly your flag today and just be grateful that you can walk down the street, walk your dog or get in your car and take a drive and go get an ice cream cone. And I could go on and on, but I want to give other people a chance. Thank you, Bill, so very much. My dad, like your dad, served. My dad was in World War II and in Korea. 
And the thing that I will always remember is when fireworks went off as long as he lived, he involuntarily, you could see him jump and tit, and tw- as, when, as soon as it went off, for as long as he lived after those was. But they didn't talk about what they had seen. And it only became known a little bit later. <clears throat> if you imagine the horror of the troops that went through, everyone talks about Auschwitz and, 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 and Buchenwald. There were so many more camps. What the Nazis were doing was widespread. The horror that these men saw, and women, and women, because America's women also stepped up to the plate in World War II. And these nurses and, and people that served in the medical corps saw horrific things that would, had, had to leave a lasting impression on them. It was astounding what we were able to do in the face of an evil that had spread all around the world. And this was true evil. This was evil that humanity had never seen on this scale before. Sadly, after the war, there were other horrors that we don't see. We never, ever, ever talk about what happened in China under the communists as they came to power. And the millions, we still don't have an accurate death count. Historians don't. On the total number, millions of people that were killed in the name of communism in China. We don't have an accurate death count on the millions that were killed in Ukraine, starved to death. And in Russia, under the evil tyrant Stalin, who was our World War II ally by necessity. And General Patton was the one who saw that then and said, hey, now that we're done with this, we need to take these guys out right now while we're over here, while we have the troops and the manpower, because they are evil. He recognized that. But, of course, no one would listen to Patton. Why should they? He was only America's most successful general ever. Anyway, enough of that. But thank you so much, Bill. I do appreciate you calling your remembrances. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. A lot more of your calls. Some more news coming right up. Don't go away. Rush. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurley. Bo Snurley. On 77 WABC. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush, Rush. Lionel Richie brings us back. WABC Talk Radio 77. Never miss a minute 
of the Boast Literally Rush Hour. Listen live worldwide here on 77 WABC. Get the app. You can go online at wabcradio.com. Remember, Catch a Night comes up right after this. There's a column in the Washington Post today. If you want to see the alternate universe that liberals live in, there's a column from Greg Sargent, an opinion piece, surging AR-15 sales in Georgia reveal the gun industry's dark side. Oh, really? What's the dark side? The dark side is that you American people, the ones in Georgia, are out buying AR-15s, record numbers. That's exactly, he writes, how the gun industry apparently wants it to be. AR-15s flying off the shelves, customers lining up outside in anticipation of getting their hands on more firepower. And he goes on to complain that after Joe Biden's speech, sales went up. Same thing happened after Obama. And he quotes people like a store manager. Folks are waiting in line to purchase AR-15s. Excuse, a, store, a store manager says in a report, which was first flagged by Ron Filipkowski, a lawyer who closely tracks the right. And yeah. In almost a mocking tone, the manager also says customers should consider AR-15s precisely because they are semi-automatic. If you deal with a mob of people possibly trying to take over your home to protect your family, you'll want as much firepower as you can get. Now, I want to remind you something. Remember that mob of BLM protesters that entered into a private community in a very threatening manner. And the hubbub that came out when two people stood up with their arms in front of their house to protect their property. Liberals don't believe that people actually want to protect their homes or should want to. They also ignore their own mobs of people. Remember the mobs of liberals now that were threatening justices of the Supreme Court just recently because of this Roe versus Wade upcoming, they think, decision. By the way, Supreme Court dropped three rulings today. None of them are v. Wade, so... So Greg Sargent today in the Washington Post, and this is behind a paywall. I pay the subscription fee so I can tell you what these liberals are thinking without you having to pay to get behind their paywalls. I'll do it for you. And these guys are just flummoxed that people are buying guns, especially with all this talk from liberals about how much they want to take your guns. And you know what? There's not one thing in these in this flummoxed article about it's all guns. It's all how how snarkily how these people on the right are buying guns no matter how many people get killed in the United States each weekend. Well, they're getting killed in your blue cities each weekend. And Greg Sargent, you and the rest of the liberals don't complain about that because you don't live in that part of town. You live in the other part of town. You don't have to worry about that. 
It's only the people that live in your Democrat city that are in that that part of town that you tell your wife and your kids to stay out of because it's not safe. And you also don't understand something else. It is not a gun. It is a mindset that is behind who's pulling the trigger. And you and your Democrats are too cowardly. You're too cowardly to address the real problem that in many parts of American society, we have a culture gap that accepts evil, that accepts accepts criminality, and actually teaches and passes on criminal behavior to children, and they grow up in a criminal environment. But you and your ilk will never talk about that. All you want to talk about is people buying guns when your party is threatening to take them away. And you don't understand that because you don't understand your own hypocrisy. You're the ones that cheered when the Supreme Court took God out of the schools. You're the ones that cheer when millions of babies are killed in the womb every year, and thus the sanctity of life, the concept of there being a sacred life has been destroyed. You're the people that cheer that on. You're the people that talk about how proud you are to go into the abortion clinics and get rid of your own children. You're the people that cheer every time something happens to somebody on the right, whether it's people going in for a meal and being thrown out of a restaurant because of your intolerant leftists. You're the people that cheer everything that is wrong about this, of wrong about behaviors in this country. And then you want, you act in New York City. We catch criminals and release them so that they can prey on innocent human beings. Greg Sargent, you and your ilk, You cheer your fellow progressives for allowing this state of behavior to occur in our societies. You people don't have a clue as to the fear that exists in these communities. You don't have a clue as to the horrors that people face from these criminals, from these gangsters, from these thugs, and you don't care. All you care about doing is running down law-abiding people who purchase guns, as is their constitutional right, who will never use them in the kind of criminal activity that your party stands in front of. You guys live in an alternate universe, and we can't reach you because you're too caught up in your own narratives. Ardley, New York. Margaret, welcome. Boston Early's Rush Hour. How are you this afternoon? Okay, James. How are you? Good, I'm, thank you. I'm glad that you spoke about um, D-Day today because I didn't hear it on the news. Um, today I'd like to talk about um, how the media is – just lying to us. Uh, last year, week on The View, 
They were talking about getting rid of Republicans, Republican Party. They were talking mm-hmm. about getting rid of the Electoral College. Mm-hmm. They were talking about uh, – Whoopi was talking about the AK-17. 47. And uh, she was saying, we just have to get rid of that. We just have to get rid of that. And twice she slipped and said that would be the beginning. Right. Today they're talking about how President Biden's doing a wonderful job with the uh, baby formula. It's not his fault. It's the fault of the company. It's the fault of Trump because Trump uh, kept us from, um, made a passive, I don't know, a law about dealing with Canada, you know. And um, they just present a. Uh, Everything that they said is diametrically opposed to the truth. These people live in their own universe. And that universe spins around the sun of Trump hate and then goes from there. These people, just like Greg Sargent, they don't understand reality. They don't understand how people actually live. For instance, how many times have you seen news stories where an illegal immigrant to this country has killed an American citizen? They don't care about that. They'll still go on, and right now we have a surge happening at the border. We're going to talk about this tomorrow with Todd Benzman. And tomorrow's Mark Stein Day, by the way. So we'll have Mark Stein and Todd Benzman tomorrow. There's a surge right now, 15,000 amassing illegal immigrants trying to get in the United States of America. They don't care about that. Yet we see the reality of what these things that they want are doing to the country. And then they turn around on their high horse and lecture us. So, yeah, when Americans say, Americans believe them. Beto O'Rourke, in his own words, just said, yeah, it's not enough. We want to stop the sales of these, but we want to go and we want to get the ones that Americans already have. And they wonder why Americans react the way they do. Because our way of life and our rights are under threat from these people. But in the long run, we will prevail, and that is what they are also frightened of. They know. They can talk all about how Biden's popular, Biden's not responsible for this or that. There's a gas station in California charging $10 a gallon right now. Everybody has to go to, that, that has a car knows what the price of gas is in their areas because it is extremely high. Thank you, Joe Biden and your Democrats. Everyone knows that the cities are not safe. Thank you, Democrats. Everybody knows that November is coming, and these midterm elections are a chance for everybody that has had to suffer under Democrats to have a vote, finally. Well, that's our time for today, folks. We'll be back tomorrow, Boston Early's Rush Hour, 4 o'clock. Please be here. In the meantime, may God, yes, God, the one God, bless and protect each and every one of you and your family. See you tomorrow. Bye.